this week, uh, I get to do the exciting conclusion to our Blueprint sermon series. Everybody say, oh, uh, hey, look, every good thing has to come to an end at some point. But I've been really enjoying this Blueprint series, and I hope you've been enjoying it. If you have not heard all the parts, go back online. All the messages are there. Go listen. I promise you it would change your life, helping you get together and become the complete person that God want you guys to be. So today, uh, I want to continue in that, and I want to open up with this scripture from the Gospel according to John, chapter 14, verses 15 through 19. If you have it, let me hear you say, what, what? Y'all couldn't turn that fast. There's no way. And it wasn't even on the screen at that point. Y'all just look like, what? I'm going to say it again. All right. John chapter 14, verses 15 through 19. If you have it, give me a what, what? What, what? All right. It's up on the screen. All right. Here we go. Uh, Verse 15. If you love me, obey my commandments. This is the Lord Jesus talking. If you love me, obey my commandments my commandments. Let me stop right here and just say this. Obedience is on you. The outcome is on God. All right. All you have to do is be obedient and God is responsible for the outcome. Verse 16. And he says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be where? Will be where? In you. you. Verse 18. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. This is Jesus giving, letting them know that, hey, look, I'm getting ready to leave you. I'm getting ready to go, but I'm not going to leave you alone. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. Uh, I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me since I live. You will also live. Who is excited that because he lives, we live? All right, that that was the whole thing. Because he lives, we get to live. And so today I want to talk from the subject of the move-in. Last week we talked about the finisher, how he begins to finish things. And this week we want to talk about the move-in. Whenever something is finished, when a house is finished or or a car is finished, whatever, once they get through the blueprint designs and go through all the concepts and lay in the foundation of everything, that we get to move into it and enjoy the labor that was done. And so I want to talk about the move-in. In our text today, Jesus is giving hope to the disciples that they won't be left alone. Jesus was coming to the end of his earthly ministry, but was not going to leave us without the Spirit of God. Jesus knew that the enemy would continue to attack, accuse, and tempt us. So he said, he, would, he said we should not worry because we will have an advocate to fight for us. Jesus was saying he was not moving out, but Holy Spirit was moving in. But one thing that connects us all in all of our walks is that we need an advocate to act on our behalf. And thank God that he sent his son, Jesus, that said he would not leave us, but he would send us an advocate. Which brings me to my first statement. When Jesus was on earth, we had God with us, Emmanuel. After he died and rose and ascended, 
we receive God in us. Yes. We're missing the D. All right. We receive God in us, right? So he was God with us, Emmanuel, when he was walking with us. But when he died, rose, and ascended into the heavenly places, he became God in us. It's one thing to be in the presence of God, but it's another thing to have the presence of God in you. And so when Jesus was saying when he ascended, he said, I'm not going to leave you guys alone, but I'm going to not just be around you, but I'm going to be in you. In the Old Testament, when we begin to listen and watch the stories of God, it always said the spirit of God came upon them and then they did great exploits. So how much more exploit should we do because the Spirit of God did not just come on us, but the Spirit of God dwells in us. So, so we, have, we have the authority, like the song says, to walk in victory because of what's on the inside of us. A.W. Tozer, one of my favorite theologians, says this, he is, indivis- he is indivisible from the Father and the Son, so that if you were to suddenly transfer transferred to heaven itself, you wouldn't be any closer to God than you are right now, for God is already here. Touch yourself and say, God is already here. Come on, touch yourself and say, God is already here. I know in the old church, we used to sing songs like, one glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. Uh, Why can't I have a glad morning here? (laughs) <laughs> I, love, I love Jesus probably more than most, but I ain't ready to see him. That's why I go to my doctor checks up. I, I, I call it my old man survival pack, my Monday through Wednesday. I pop them pills. I ain't ready to see Jesus yet. <laughs> Got my gym membership. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to stay here as long as I can. Look, I'll meet him when I will, just not yet. <laughs> I said a few years ago, my wife told me, I I, I said this, I said, when people give their life to Christ, I'm just going to shoot them right there. They said, why? I said, so they don't walk away. They got what they want. They get to see Jesus right away. I was like, nah, they're not ready to see him yet. So so somebody say Holy Spirit. We have God the Father to whom in which we worship. We have Jesus to whom in which we serve as our Lord and Savior, we have Holy Spirit, whom in which communes with us and lives with us and teaches us and got us three in one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So when you get to heaven, don't be looking for Holy Spirit. <laughs> They'd be like, wait, they told me Holy Spirit was here. God the Father, God the Son, God Holy Spirit. All right? And so, so who is the Holy Spirit? The Hebrew word for spirit is ruah. And the Greek word is pneuma, which means, which also means wind, breath, or life force. Wind, breath, or life force. When someone has their breath and they blow their breath on you, you don't go, you blew the, you blew the breath on me. You say, you blew your breath on me. So the Ruah, the Numa of God, it is the, the spirit of God, okay? 
it, 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 it is the spirit of God. He is the spirit of God. Are you with me? So who is he? Number one, he is the agent of creation. We see this in Genesis. The Bible says the earth was without form and void, and the spirit moved upon the face of the deep. He is the agent of creation. Number two, he is the mode of interaction with humans. He speaks to us through his spirit. It's his active way of downloading information to us. That's why it's important that we have the, the spirit of God on the inside of us because when he wants to communicate with us and give us information, it's by his spirit. Can I get amen? amen. He is the agent of revelation. No man can know Jesus if the spirit testifies of him. He gives us revelation. He reveals the Son of God to us. He's the one that draws people. I can preach all day, but if Holy Spirit does not touch your heart, you will not be drawn. It's Holy Spirit that reveals that, hey, he's telling the truth. Can I get an amen? amen? And so the last one is, he is the Spirit of God, the Lord, and even the Spirit of Christ. It's the Spirit. Come on, somebody say Spirit. spirit. So, so I, I want to make this practical, make this practical. We are all vehicles of God's glory. Touch yourself say, I'm a vehicle of God's glory. The, let me give you King James. You are a vessel, a vessel of honoreth. My best King James. <laughs> A vessel of honoreth. Let, let, let me give you uh, uh, um, the, the 21st century, you, you millennials. Man, <laughs> man, you dripping. No cap. <laughs> My kids going to kill me. <laughs> but <laughs> 35 and older, like, what? What what you say? But we're all vehicles of God's glory. If I was an actual physical vehicle, I would be a Ford Shelby. Mm. Why? Because it's good looking and powerful. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Ford Shelby. Ford Shelby. I love it, my fair lady. It's a... Uh, I, I, I would. Some of you may want to be an F-250, you know, powerful. You just, just mean. Some of you may want to be a Jeep. Ollie, <laughs> just want to be a Jeep. Some of you may want to be a Maserati. Some of you may want to be a Benz or a Beamer. Some of you may want to be a boat. There was a little song my kid used to sing. If I was a train, I'd be a bullet train. If I was a jet, I'd be a, wait, if I was a plane, I'd be a jet plane. If I was a truck, I'd be a monster truck. You know, that, that was my son's song when he was little. But either way, other types of vehicles that you want to be, regardless of what vehicle you are, it needs fuel to reach its full potential. My gas can. Some of you may not be familiar with this, except for those of you who don't like to stop at gas stations. <laughs> but this gas can. So this gas can represents what needs to go into the vehicle in order for the vehicle to reach its full potential or to do what it was created to do. 
So we, 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 can, we can be a Shelby. We could be an F-250. We can be a boat. We can be a plane. We can be a train, however you want to reach me. It doesn't matter. Ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no valley. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want to do. But if it does not have fuel, there's no gas in here. I didn't want to pass out. Make sure Kevin didn't set me up for failure. All right, good. But if you don't have fuel, to get it going to where it needs to go, you will never make it to your purpose or your destination. Um, you see people walking down the road, they run out of gas, and you always see them. <laughs> walking, they got their fuel can in their hand, and y'all know y'all just like me, y'all be looking at y'all snicker. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You just stop at three gas stations back there. Most of the time, it's the men walking, but most of the time, it's the women. <laughs> I'm just picking. I'm just picking. You're the only one who always always. Well, now gas is high. I try to run out of gas, too. I'm just saying. I, I drive it all the way to the last drop, just letting y'all know. But, but no, for real, this represents the fuel can. The car represents, this represents the Holy Spirit. The car represents your body. And when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, there has to be some fuel. We have to get poured into. Just like you would think it was silly for someone to drive a car on empty vents, you probably know what I'm talking about. You got to change the fuel injectors and everything else nowadays. You can't just run out of gas and put gas in the carburetor anymore. You got to actually change out everything in it and, and you got to actually take it to the shop and let them fix it and it costs you more money than it would have to fill up the, the car. And so now, but if you would just keep it full, Keep the car full. You will continue to go into the place where God wants you. So when Jesus left, this is what he did. When Jesus went to Calvary's cross, he died a sinner's death, our death. Those were our nails put through his hands, right? It was my cross. It was my sin. And then he went to a borrowed tomb, went to the grave. And when he rose with all power. In his hand, and he took that same power, and the Bible says before he ascended, he blessed his disciples, and he said, you tarry and wait until you receive power from upon high. What he was saying, you go park at the gas station in the upper room, and then one day, you're going to hear a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and that's going to be the person at the full service gas station filling you up. Come on, do you hear what I'm saying? And so when they got filled up, they were released to go do what they were commissioned to do. Who wants to be filled? I want to be filled. I'm the one at the gas station that wastes gas all over the place because I feel to overflowing. I feel to overflowing. And we have to keep going to that well. The well that never runs dry. Come on, Jesus told the woman at the well, he said, you ask for water that will take care of you today, but I want to give you water that will never run out. He wants to fill you to overflowing. Like rivers of living water, it shall bubble. Come on. I feel Holy Spirit in this place this morning. 
And he wants to fill you to overflowing. Why? Because there is a potential that lies on the inside of you. There is a treasure hidden in your earthen vessel. And you have a purpose. You were born on purpose, with purpose, for purpose. And when the Holy Spirit begins to explode on the inside of you, all of a sudden, every environment you walk into, everything that may have bothered you in the past, every ounce of depression, every ounce of hurt, every ounce of bitterness, every root of unforgiveness, it is uprooted because there is no room because I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Yes. Notice I'm not talking about just all the sensational things that happen with the Holy Spirit. I, I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit is practical. It's not spooky. Can I get an amen? Yes. You know, we sometimes make it so spooky, especially when we go Holy Ghost. <laughs> we make it seem spooky, but it's practical. It is the spirit of the living God inside of us so we can fulfill what we were created to do. For some, that's preaching. For some, that's teaching. For some, that's going out uh, and, and healing. For some, that's speaking in, in tongues to help them. It, for some, it, it manifests itself differently in each of come. Can I teach the Bible? Paul said, I wish all of us speak with tongues. That lets us know that not everybody speaks with tongues, but that does not negate the fact that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And the churches have made people feel convicted because they don't speak in tongues. Oh, you're not filled with the Holy Ghost because you don't speak in tongues. The devil is a lie. As a matter of fact, the initial response... I'm going to get in trouble. Listen to me online. The initial response of tongue talking was from the unbelievers anyway. Read the word. Help me, Jesus. Hey, baby. <laughs> so what's the purpose of the Holy Spirit? <laughs> Y'all need to pray for me. <laughs> Squirrel. But if you're a visitor, y'all, I'm touched. Okay. But it's okay to laugh in church, right? It's okay to laugh. But what's the purpose of the Holy Spirit? First of all, are you learning something? Okay. All right. What's the purpose of the Holy Spirit? Number one is to be an advocate and a counselor. Romans 8, 16 says this, the Holy Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. It's an advocate and a counselor. The enemy's job is to continually and constantly remind you of your failures and tell you who you are not. The Bible even says that, you know, when Job was going, the, the, the enemy went up with the sons of God and began to make accusations uh, about him. And I, I love the fact that it denotes, it gives us a picture of Jesus sitting on the right hand of the Father. He took the witness stand for us. And he begins to testify that no matter what the enemy says about them, my blood has washed them of that. And so the Holy Spirit is an advocate. He, 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 he is there to remind us that we are children of God. He tells us that when you feel like a failure, you are not a failure. 
When you feel like you're alone, you are not alone. When you feel like an outcast, you are not an outcast. He's the one to tell you that even if, watch, watch this, my wife and I, uh, part of our testimony is that we had an abortion in the past and we beat ourselves up for years about, about having an abortion and we felt disqualified. The Holy Spirit finally touched us about seven years into our marriage and said, you can never disqualify what I qualify. And he spoke to us and he said, I'm going to take that mess and turn it into a message and we find ourselves preaching to 5,000 people telling them that if you did it, it doesn't matter because Jesus finished it on the cross. It was the Holy Spirit testifying, I need an advocate because I'm my own worst enemy. Anybody with me? Don't leave me up here by myself. Come on. You Online, I know it. Put it in the chat. Just say, hey, look, I need an advocate. I need an advocate. I need somebody to say if the glove don't fit, you must have quit. <laughs> Y'all silly, yeah. All that laughing in church. But because we have an advocate, we can walk not in condemnation, but we can walk in conviction and confidence. Who, who receives that? I just feel that strongly here. Someone walked in here this morning with the weight of the world on your shoulders, and I'm here to tell you, Holy Spirit is telling you, that was covered too. That's who you used to be. Before, before you heard this word, that may have been facts, but it wasn't true. The truth is you are a child of God bought by the blood of Jesus. You are redeemed. You belong to the family of heaven. The second thing the Holy Spirit purpose is, is to lead us. Galatians 5, 16 says this. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives that you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not that good. Mm-hmm. Not that good. You're not that good. Not even me. I'm not that good. I'm not that good. I'm not that good. But I'm glad I serve a good God. <laughs> I, I got, I got. Issue on top of issue on top of issue on top of issue on top of issue. That's why every time before I get up to pray, I mean preach, I pray. And them brothers come pray with me because they know. <laughs> Help him, Jesus. <laughs> I don't stand here as a perfect man, but I serve a perfect God. I'm sick of pastors portraying themselves as perfect. But if they had a GoPro on their forehead and we live stream their lives, help me, Lord. <laughs> and let me free pastors. Guys, don't treat us as perfect. I always tell our leaders, you have to be able to steward the vulnerability of this champion. I'm just your champion, but I do have leprosy underneath my armor like Naaman. Can I take my helmet off in front of you and you don't see my leprosy, but you see the call? You should look at your neighbor like that. Spouses, look at your spouse 
that way. They're not perfect. They're becoming. We're all becoming. We're not there yet. We're becoming. Free your spouse from trying to be perfect. You know, my wife told me years ago, y'all, we made all the mistakes so none of the married couples have to. I never forget my wife. She told me, she said, I walk on eggshells at home because I feel like we need to be perfect. And I was like, babe, that's not my expectation. And I had to free her from that. Now she's thriving. Pass me up. I'm trying to catch her. I'm just holding on to a coattail for the ride. We go. <laughs> but I was able to free her up from that. Can I get amen? amen? Some people depend on horoscopes and fortune tellers. They look at the stars and astronomy, and they, you know, they quickly turn in the paper now. They'd be like, well, what did they say for Leo? What did they say for Aquarius? Some people depend on prophylize. But you have someone much better than that. You have a friend who knows the future. He knows what's best for you. He loves you and wants to guide you in all your decisions. In my journal, I write, uh, Holy Spirit, what is it that you have for me? And then I begin to plan my day. When I'm riding in the car, I'm asking the Holy Spirit, what, what you want me to do? When I walk into a store, Holy Spirit, who you want me to speak to? How do you want me to say it? If you don't want me to speak to nobody, I won't speak to anyone. Sometimes I'm hard-headed and I'll be like, I don't feel like talking. <laughs> y'all act like y'all don't do that. <laughs> See somebody on the side of the road, you do everything not to make eye contact. Because <laughs> you know Holy Spirit is going to say, you know what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> Some of y'all do that in church. Be like, I'm coming to church. I'm sitting in my seat, head and eye, straight forward. I ain't looking at nobody. <laughs> but how many of you know he wants to guide you? Galatians 5.25 says this, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Say every part. Every part. Say every part. Does that leave room for interpretation right there? No. It says every part of our lives, in my marriage, in my finances, in my occupation, in my pursuit of education, in how I serve him, in how I worship him, where I get plugged in. You know, uh, it, it, it's, it's about listening to Holy Spirit and letting him guide our lives. So he leads us. Number three, he brings people to the truth of God. So what is the purpose? He brings people to the truth of God. Of God. First Corinthians 12, 3 says this. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the spirit of God will curse Jesus. No one can say Jesus is Lord. What that last part say? No one can say Jesus is Lord. What? Except by the Holy Spirit. No one can even testify of Jesus himself. The Holy Spirit revealed that to him. This is Paul writing to the church at Corinth, and he's telling them, he's saying, hey, look, no one can, can say I have the Holy Spirit or, or, or say God is not God and then say, well, I'm a God follower. No, you know they lie then. Because you cannot curse God and be filled with his spirit. 
But if you're filled with the Spirit, you know Jesus. And, and he testifies that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. And therefore, you want to serve him and give your life to him and live for him and do the things that is pleasing to him. Because without faith, it's impossible to please him. So the Holy Spirit will quicken your faith and all of a sudden you start doing crazy things that make sense, no sense to nobody, but it makes sense to God. And you live an extraordinary life. And people are looking at your life and they want your life, but they don't want to accept what you've accepted. So they can't have extraordinary things because they never got the extra, so they're ordinary. Are you with me? They, they never got the extra. So they stay ordinary. They're parked. Their lives are stagnant because they don't have the fuel that you have on the inside of you, burning on the inside of you. Look, when we receive a word that is contrary to what Jesus promised, you can reject it. They'd be like, um, you tell them, you share a dream with them, and they'd be like, you're like, hey, look, God, I believe God is going to use me to reach my community. Oh, that's too big for you. You have every right to do what Jesus did, Peter. Get thee behind me, Satan. Are you with me? When he gives you a word, look at this statement. The Holy Spirit only confirms, not contradict Jesus. It gives confirmation. It gives confirmation. It doesn't contradict. And we have a lot of voices out there on YouTube, TikTok, Facebook that are contradicting the word of God, and we take it as gospel. But the Holy Spirit testifies of Jesus. That's why, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to mess with that. Move on. I don't want to be messy this morning. <laughs> Next week, next week. Listen, he confirms, not contradict. The next one is he gives wisdom. He gives wisdom. Who can use a little bit more wisdom? Look at this statement by Watchman Nee. Watchman Nee has the largest church in the world. He bought an island to house his church. An island. We, we're just trying to fill these seats. I'm just trying to reach St. Gabriel. He bought an island. Think about Last count that they released, which was because he stopped counting. It was released, I think, in 2010, 2011. He had 2.5 million people in his church. I just want 170. He said this, this quote, the indwelling spirit shall teach him what is of God and what is not. This is why sometimes we can conjure up no logical reason for opposing a certain teaching. Yet, in the very depth of our being arises a resistance. The depth of our being arises 
of resistance. No logical reason to come up against it. But we just know there is something. I, I know it was a lie. Someone said something about I, I knew that was a lie. You know, like, that may have been facts, but it wasn't true. My doctors, I told you I, I was having all these battles. My doctors are baffled because they can't find anything. They're just like, we don't know. We're going to run every test, but we don't know what's going on. And I told him this, and I told my doctor this. I said, Dr. Grimion, let me tell you something. I said, I know it's the enemy attacking me because I have purpose on me. I know it is. It's fine. It's okay. Because I got the victory anyway. I'm just going to use this as a fact that my body say I need rest. That's, that's it. I'll get this good rest in, and then it's back to work. <laughs> it's back to work. I'm back, I'm back to, to the grind. I'm back to doing what I'm doing. But they ain't not going to find nothing because I, I know the truth of the word. It says, by his stripes, I'm healed. I told him he wasn't going to find anything. I was like, you ain't going to find nothing. I said, I'm just as confused as you are. <laughs> I don't know. And even if you do find something, I shall live and not die. And declare the wonderful works of the Lord. It's not the end. I keep on walking through. See, see, that's what I'm saying. So when the Holy Spirit begins to give you wisdom, you look at things differently. You don't look at things from the earthly purview. You start looking at it the way the Father looks at it. He is the Alpha and the Omega, and he stands in the middle. He holds all things together. That's what he is. He, he's the one that holds everything together. And so when we start using the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, your next job transfer, you know God called you to do it. Hello. All my single and victorious every day, that's my saved people. The next relationship, it won't be a bad one because you're going to use wisdom. Just because he's tall, dark, and handsome don't mean you need his phone number. <laughs> when you don't know, when you don't know what to do or where to go, look within and the Holy Spirit will give you his wisdom. This last one, and probably the most potent one that I need you to get is he gives us power and authority. Say power and authority. Acts 1 and 8 says this. This is, this is where we're coming up on soon. We'll celebrate, you know, Pentecost is coming. And Acts 1 and 8 says this. But you receive power. Power. You will receive power power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me. Where? Where? In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Before we can function as a witness for Christ, we have to be given the authority, power to do so. So the other day I got pulled over by a sheriff for speeding. Help me, Lord. And so when he pulled me over, he was like, driver's license and registration. And I had my driver's license, but I also had my badge. So I gave him my badge on top of my license. 
And he was like, <sighs> but he says something that was so good after that. He says, you have been given authority to act on behalf of the law. That doesn't give you the right to break it. The badge gave me an authority, but it didn't give me a right to misuse my authority because now I'm misrepresenting the one that my badge. So when we go out and have, be, have the spirit of God on the inside of us, you know he don't stand outside of the door of the strip club, right? You know he don't close his eyes when you're watching pornographic stuff, you know, he, He's right, he's, he's right there. <laughs> you know, you know he don't say, excuse me, you and your spouse getting ready to argue. No, he's right there. He's still on the inside of us. We dragging him into all this filthiness. We're dragging him into all these things. And, and, and he says, you're misusing my authority. We have to know that we represent something greater than us because of what's in us. Authority is not in the individual's ability, but in the influence given to them by the individual in authority. And so when I walk in a place and I say I'm more than a conqueror, I don't stop right there. I say I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. When I rebuke the enemy, I don't rebuke the enemy in the name of Fitzpatrick Pitts, but I rebuke the enemy in the name of Jesus. When I declare victory over any situation or circumstance, I don't go, Satan, my name is Jermaine Pitts, and you better listen. I go, Satan, I am a child of the Most High God, and you will not have my family. You will not have my finances. You will not have my body. You will not have my mind. You will not have my church. Why? Because I come in the name that is above every name, that at the mention of his name, every knee will bow, every tongue. Preach, pastor. Somebody shout Jesus. I love what the psalmist write in Psalms 20, 62, 11. It says, God has spoken plainly. And this is me speaking to you. God has spoken plainly. And I have heard it many times. Power, oh God, belongs to you. If you're quick to accept the credit, take the criticism. But I give him all the glory. All the honor and all the praise. So when Jesus moved out of this earthly realm, the Spirit of God moved into our hearts. So when we celebrated the resurrection, it wasn't him saying bye-bye. It was him saying, now you. <laughs> Let me say that again. It wasn't him saying, bye-bye, I'm finished. He said, it's finished. But he was saying, it just started. And that's why he told them in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, tarry, wait till the power of God come upon you. And then when the power of God comes upon you and comes in you, you will then go be witnesses. Peter, Peter in all his craziness, 
It wasn't until the Acts 1-8 experience that he stepped outside, preached a very simple message, and the Bible says 3,000 people came to Jesus. I'm telling you guys, we're entering a season here at Anchor Chapel where we're getting ready to see a revival and a harvest of souls. We're getting ready to seek. Oh, come on. Thank you. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for being crazy enough to believe that we're getting ready to see a revival of souls. We got to fill this place three times over. Not because we're that good, not because the worship is all that, not because we preach well, but because of Holy Spirit. He says, you'll go be witnesses everywhere to the ends of the earth. But it starts right here in our community. And then it goes out to your community. Then it goes out and goes out and goes out and goes out. Guys, that's the blueprint for our lives. And that's the finished product. I know that you drive down the street and you see all of these uh, gas signs erected. You see Chevron 389. You see this 369. You see the price that has to be paid for the fuel. Let me tell you, this fuel here, the only thing that you need, the only sign you need to see is the cross. It was paid for with the blood of Jesus. This is a free gift of the Spirit of God. You go pay at the gas pump to fuel up. But this gift, it's already paid for. Come on, can I get a better amen? While you're standing, I want to read this to you. And so because of his paid for, Paul writes this to the church at Ephesus. He says, now unto him who is able to do far abundantly beyond all that we may ask or think according to what? Power. According to what? The power. That's where? That works where? Come on, touch yourself, say in me. There's a power that's at work in you, and he's able. There is an ability beyond your ability. Let me say that another way. Your inability does not dictate the ability that's in you. You are a big, heaping ball of potential. And your potential is ready to explode all over our generation, all over our families, all over our community. People are just going to have to run to Jesus because of what's in Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for filling us. Come on, if you're here. And you say you want more of Jesus and be filled up. Come on, just throw your hands up in the air real quick. Come on, throw your hands in the air real quick. Just leave them up there. Come on, leave them up high. Come on, throw them up high. Father, I pray that the same wind that blew in the upper room will blow through Anchor Chapel this morning. Fill them, God. Fill them with a boldness. Fill them with the anointing. Fill them with the power to go into their homes, to go into their community, to go with their families, to declare on their jobs that you are Lord and King. I speak the Spirit to attract people to you, Lord Jesus. Let them see you when they see them. Let the power of the Holy Ghost fall in this place now, God. Let the gifts be stirred on the inside of them. Administrative gifts come alive. Healing gifts come alive. Speaking gifts come alive. Gifts of compassion come alive. Gifts of generosity come alive. God, let us be the person you called us to be. 
in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, who is Jesus Christ, our Messiah. Now can we let out a 30-second shout of praise that will let the world know that we are children of God. Let your voices rise. Let your voices rise. Let your voices rise. Let your voices rise. Let your voices rise, your voices rise. in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for this message. If you'd like to learn more about Anchor Chapel or support our ministries, you can visit anchorchapel.com or follow us on social media at Anchor Chapel. Have a great week.